Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org now here's our show today the believers in the church in Corinth that Paul was writing to in 1 Corinthians had a number of problems but not just problems that could be remedied by giving them advice or spiritual counsel the apostle spoke to them in a very strong way in chapter 3 telling them that they were infants fleshy and even fleshly these are symptoms of a very poor spiritual condition. But after such a sober word, he proceeds to show them the way out of such spiritual poverty, not by teaching them, but by giving them many marvelous expressions, all pointing them to their real lack, which was to eat and drink of Christ, and to become planters, feeders, and waterers in the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 and verse 6. I fed you with milk not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused the growth. Francis Ball has joined us. Francis, I think this is a word that's appropriate for all of us, isn't it? Uh, we can't have too much eating, drinking, enjoying uh, of our dear Lord Jesus. What Paul is saying in this message is really related to life, not by teaching. I think what Paul has done here with the Corinthians is not to try to educate them in more doctrine, but to really minister life to them so that they could grow and be spiritually mature. Yeah, we've seen this a number of times in this life study uh, of 1 Corinthians, Paul dealing with a group of believers that were philosophically very sophisticated. They were well-educated in Greek philosophy, and they had brought some of that philosophy into the church, and it certainly had affected how the church had uh, developed uh, in its early stages, and it had developed with a number of these problems. So Paul, rather than uh, really approaching them on that high philosophical level, comes to them with these very simple symbols, these metaphors that, uh, as you said, point them away from knowledge and their puffed-up philosophy and really back to something very simple, eating, drinking, breathing, enjoying Christ in a living way. And this would be the solution to their problems. Chris, I think what you've just said really makes us all sit up and take notice. Are we the kind of people that need to be nourished? so that we can be brought out of a low, fleshy or fleshly situation. And uh, we need to re-examine what we really are receiving. Are we receiving life, or are we just receiving more knowledge, more philosophical or cultural habitual changing? 
Yeah. Francis, uh, these couple of verses that we read today, and we've read a number of times in the recent programs, uh, I want to add one uh, that Witness Lee will refer to in this coming portion from chapter 12 of the same book. Verse 13 says, For also in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and were all given to drink one spirit. So, uh, again, the metaphor of the eating, the drinking, the feeding, these are very consistent through Paul's uh, dealing with the believers in Corinth, uh, weren't they? And they're very much related to life. All that he's saying, all these terms he uses have to do with life, not just knowledge or culture. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and we'll be back to have some fellowship in just a couple of minutes. In chapter 3, you have these six wonderful, precious expressions. Firstly, Paul says in verse 2, I gave you milk. If you look into King James Version, it says what? I fed you. Paul says, I fed you. Feeding is the first expression in this chapter. Feeding is different from teaching. Then, the second is, I fed you with milk. Good for drinking. So here, following feeding, you have the drinking. Feeding, drinking. If you are going to be a good Christian, you have to be a drinking Christian. Not a thinking Christian. You have to be a drinking one. Drinking is a basic thought in this book. Why? When you come to chapter 12, verse 13 says, we all have been made to drink of one spirit. I must tell you, this concept of drinking was not invented by Paul. When Jesus was on this earth, one day he stood up, Whosoever is thirst, come to me and drink. Right? Drinking. Feeding, drinking. Then the third is eating. I fed you not with solid food. Go for eating. Are this all? No, no. The Paul says, I planted. Isn't this wonderful? Paul was not only a feeder, but also a planter. I planned. It is so interesting to see that in this chapter, Paul doesn't say, I teach. He says, I fed you. I give you something to drink. And I planted. I'm a planter. And then Paul says, Apollos watered. So you have feeding, drinking, eating, planting, and watering. It's ready to go. And then, number six, God made you to grow, to grow in, in life. So you have these six wonderful points, feeding, drinking, eating, planting, watering, growing. Isn't this a wonderful chapter? Francis, the church in Corinth is somewhat famous, or maybe infamous is a better word, for uh, all the difficulties and problems that Paul had enumerated in the first chapter. They were carnal, they were babes in Christ, they had division, they had strife, they had jealousy, they had immorality, they had all kinds of things. They had disputes between believers over business matters. And here is this highly educated, highly sophisticated group of believers with these terrible outward problems. And here Paul just 
hammers on these uh, metaphors, as we said before, all of these things pointing us to life and something organic and living, doesn't he? I think, uh, Chris, this is not only true of the days of when Paul was on this earth and when the Corinthians were meeting as the church in Corinth, but in today's information we have about the way Christianity is going, it brings in a lot of things that make us wonder just where we are. Are we in the matter of knowledge and culture and teaching? Are we in the way of life? And I think this is the reason Paul is addressing this church, because the solving of their problems wasn't by counseling, but by presenting Christ to them in the way of life. All these terms that he mentioned in this portion just points us to life. To be eating, to be drinking, to be planting, to be watering, and to seeing growth, this all has to do with life, not by having more cultural, more ethical ways of doing things. Of course, the chapter goes on and the book goes on. What's revealed is that from living plants, there's a kind of a transformation work that takes place that results in a building. And the building grows and develops until eventually it becomes the temple, God's uh, ultimate dwelling place. But before we can get to any of those wonderful consummate things, we have to all come back to where he was bringing the Corinthian believers back to, don't we, this matter of eating. Talk about this eating for a minute and just what this implies. When Paul said, I have fed you with milk, means that Paul was a feeding one, not a teaching one. He was a slave, or he was a steward, supplying the needs of these saints for their growing. And this matter of eating is really included in uh, what he fed us with milk. When we drink milk, we not only get a drink, but we get food, especially infants. Right. They need this kind of feeding, and this was a condition that these uh, Corinthian saints were in. They were infants. They were just babes. They were not uh, aware of the need for growth in life. So he's just coming back to this matter of eating and drinking. Of course, he, he points out that his desire was to feed them with something solid, right. uh, which was really the eating here. Uh, but they were not able at this point to bear it. So, as you said, he fed them with milk, which mm -hmm. uh, any mother would do with her child to make sure that the nourishment is there so that the child can grow and its strength could increase, hopefully with the goal in mind that they one day would be eating solid food. And uh, very much, I think, the same pattern shown by the apostle here. Uh, the matter of drinking now, which is implied in the matter of the milk that was provided to them to drink. And, of course, the recovery version says, I gave you milk to drink. We read the King James before, which says, I fed you with milk. Both are good translations, and both uh, bring out a little different aspect here. The drinking now will be the focus of this coming section. He referred to the fact that it wasn't Paul who uh, initiated or presented this kind of metaphor first. Really, the Lord Jesus himself in John chapter 7, uh, standing and crying, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he also, even before chapter 7, had dealt with the very famous woman at the well and pointed her to the matter of drinking. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall by no means thirst forever. But the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water gushing up into eternal life. And here was another poor one in a low condition, uh, this woman that he met at the well on that hot day. And Francis, he points her to the drink as well, doesn't he? That's right. That's the marvelous thing. The Lord Jesus was giving himself as a drink, making his person, his life so available to us just for drinking. Even if we breathe by calling on the name of the Lord, that's taking a drink. Witness Lee is going to bring out that very point, as uh, we will hear in just a moment. Let's get back to him, and then we'll return again. You have to know 
in a very passive sense, the church meeting is not the classroom. The church meeting is a restaurant. This is the church restaurant. I tell the truth. I'm not a preacher. Neither am I a teacher. I don't like to be a teacher. What I am, I'm a steward. <laughs> I'm a waiter. Amen. I'm waiting on you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on you. I'm serving you. Amen. I'm serving you with dishes. Whatever this is Christ. Amen. A goat meeting is always like the Chinese feast. 21 courses, including everything. Including fish, including uh, vegetables, all things. This is Christ. This is Christ. I tell you, the church restaurant is top one. Don't go to another restaurant. Now, have you done a lot of drinking every day? My heart may be calling. But you may say calling is a breeze. Yes, I agree. Yet you have to realize the water is in the air you breathe in. There's no dryness in the church. Full of humility. You just breathe in, breathe in, you breathe in all the air until within there is the water. The eventually your breathing becomes what? That's your drink. You just breathe, you breathe and you drink. I like the American term, refreshment. I tell you, whenever you say, Oh, Lord, you got refreshment. And that is the best refreshment. It's wonderful. Francis, uh, we've covered this in previous programs, but I'm sure many who uh, have become recent listeners have never heard this before, this matter of drinking and breathing, especially related to the Lord's name. Maybe you could uh, touch this. It's a practical point. It, it's something that uh, has been a big help, a major help, not just to us, but to saints throughout the uh, the centuries, really. Many accounts of this kind of experience of Christ, aren't there? Of course, this was in the first century that Paul was speaking about eating and drinking. And before that, as Brother Lee pointed out, even the Lord Jesus was talking about drinking. And to call on the Lord's name is really to drink of the Lord himself. So we've learned through our experience to say, Oh, Lord Jesus, this is so refreshing, so supplying for us to call on the name of the Lord. It's like getting a good, moist drink. It's not a teaching that's gotten into our minds simply, but it is a real enjoyment of the life supply of the spirit of which we're told to drink. We're made to drink. The Lord puts us in situations that really make us to drink. Yeah. So when we call on the name of the Lord, we're getting the human air. There's a lot of humidity in this air, so it becomes a drink and a supply to us at the same time. And I have experienced calling on the name of the Lord to be a very refreshing experience day by day. Not only just early in the morning when we first awake, calling on Him to get a fresh waking up call, but also throughout the day, many times, to just turn, call on the name of the Lord Jesus. That name is really supplying. It's a breath of fresh air and really lots of nourishment. During the course of every day, I think we all have that experience of hitting those spells of dryness, and we sense that our spiritual condition is 
drying out. And, you know, we may be at work, we may be at school, we may be engaged in many things that don't enable us to really take a, a long period of time to come to the Lord in a definite way and get out the Bible and whatnot. But this matter of breathing the Lord's name, which many, many dear saints through the ages have discovered this. Uh, we have a wonderful hymn in our own hymn book, but written by A.B. Simpson, a, a dear brother from, I believe, a century ago or more. Uh, who wrote on this very, very subject, very experientially. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is really a way to be refreshed, isn't it, uh, That's Francis? Right. Because the negative things you're breathing out, you're also breathing in the rich supply of the spiritual life. As you were talking about the matter of first thing in the morning, uh, I don't know how many times it has been proven to me, both negatively and positively, that uh, if we can get the Lord's name on our lips when we awake before all of those thoughts get to our brain, that changes many times the, the entire day, doesn't it? It certainly makes for the day. It's best to be revived every morning that we can live a God-man life all day. You talked about a moment ago uh, our situation or our environment and how this kind of practice of eating and drinking and breathing Christ can get us through even those rough stretches in our environment. Witness Lee will come to this topic, I think, in this last section. Let's go back to him. We have him. It says, God has never promised the sky blue always. Quite often, unpleasant things, unhappy things happen to me. But I must tell you, even the devils or the demons can testify, I have been a happy person. Why am I happy? Because I have Jesus. I have a Jesus both in heaven and even the more in me. Hallelujah. It's in me. And I can breathe him in. I can drink of him. And I can feast upon him. Amen. Hallelujah. If you praise Jesus, you drink Jesus, and you eat Jesus, this will not only nourish you, this will heal you, even heal your physical diseases. We have to be breathing, drinking, and eating Christian. Then we have to be feeding Accordingly, we have to be a planting one. We are planting. Hallelujah. And after planting, you have to be what? Watering. If you turn to a spirit, you don't care whether you are a planter or water, you just planting and watering. Feeding, drinking, eating, planting, watering. Eventually, what is the real meat? Growing. I, Paul, planted. He, Apollos, watered. But God gave you to grow. So listen. You must be one with the triune God. You must do the feeding, the planting, the watering in the organic unit with the triune God. When you feed, he feeds. He feeds in your feeding. You know what? I do pray every time when I come here to speak. I pray desperately. Lord, speak in my speech. Lord, make me practically one spirit you in the matter of speaking. Without him, whatever I speak, that will be nothing. Growing 
belongs to him. When he comes in, he makes you to grow. But the thing is, he himself would not plant. He himself would not water. He must have a planter and water, a speaker. Then he plants, he waters, and he speaks. Francis, I think uh, a good number of very genuine, very sincere and earnest seeking believers wonder what is God's part and what is our part in Christian work and Christian service. I think this last few minutes that we just heard it really answers that in a very profound way if we had the ears to hear it. I believe you're right, Chris. This is the big need among us all Christians that have a desire to really see God's purpose to be accomplished and really know how to experience Christ by calling on Him every day. Our main obligation is to enjoy Christ. And uh, Brother Lee has pointed out here how he is such a happy person. Mm-hmm. I can testify for him. I'm not among the demons. He said <laughs> even the demons can testify for him that he was a happy person. Our Brother Lee was a happy person because he enjoyed the Lord. Many times I've stopped by to pick him up in the past to take him from his house to a meeting or something, and I find him just calling on the Lord when I come by to pick him up. And I've always experienced him, even in the midst of a lot of difficulties, still he's in the enjoyment, he's a happy man. So I just pray for that kind of person to be experienced by many of us, that we would know how to enjoy the Lord by calling on his name, by praying in that kind of way that we would not just be teaching people or judging people or criticizing, but we would be ministering life. He needs those who plant and those who water. As Paul planted and Apollos watered, but it's still God's part is to cause the growth. So I'd like to be a waterer with what has been planted, and I'd like to be watered by calling on his name, and like to become a happy person like (laughs) Brother Lee was. Yeah, this is a wonderful um, recipe or formula, I guess. God clearly lays out what is his here, which is to give the growth, as you said. But God does not plant directly. That's right. He needs those who have been watered and nourished and fed and who have grown uh, to some measure to be the planters and the waterers. And if we will enjoy Christ in a daily way, as you've pointed out, uh, through all of these means, the calling and, and the praying and the pray reading and uh, in our fellowship one with another and singing of hymns, as Dick Taylor points out almost every time he sits in that chair, Francis. Yeah. Uh, this gives uh, God the way to have the kind of persons that can do some planting work and do some watering work yes. so that he can do his part, which is to make the things grow. And it's interesting to say what uh, Paul was saying here, that he is nothing and Apollos is nothing. Yeah but it's God who causes the growth. So no matter what we do, if we leave room for God to cause the growth, what he's purposed is being accomplished. Hmm. Francis, I was thinking during this program today that at the end of each program, give our listeners an invitation to contact us and usually talk about the printed life study messages which develop these points so well. So if you'd like to find out about the printed life study messages or our other resources here at Living Stream, we hope you'll contact us toll-free. 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788, or write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. 
www.ghostsandmysteries.org. I hope you got all that. If you didn't, you'll have to tune in again tomorrow because we'll repeat it at the end of tomorrow's program as well. That's all the time we have. Thanks, Francis, for being here. Thank you very much. That's my privilege. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety, or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.